Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. Great to see you here at church and also I know we have people joining us online. Welcome. It's great you're connecting with us. Um, Just to say thank you. Um, I know many of you prayed for my trip to Cape Town recently. I really appreciated your support. It was a good time. Um, I was with a, a team serving a church in Cape Town, an amazing church called Jubilee, uh, who were doing incredible things, um, but had reached out and um, for some input, and I had the privilege of being part of a small team that just worked with um, their leaders and um, spent a lot of time listening and praying, and it was a really fruitful time. There's loads more I could say. Very happy to chat one-on-one, but I want to get on to the message today. But I do want to say thank you for your prayers. Please, let's open our Bibles at Matthew chapter 6. If you have a Bible, um, please do open it or um, a device. It's always good to make sure that what I'm saying is actually in the Bible. Check for yourself. Always think it's healthy. Um, We're going to be reading some amazing verses. This is week 13 of this series we've been doing from the Sermon on the Mount called A Life Less Ordinary. And um, recently we've been looking at what Jesus said about giving and prayer and fasting And um, today Jesus says some incredibly important words, challenging but important words. Uh, And remember the context, Jesus is sat on a mountainside and he's teaching his disciples, his followers, what it really means to know him, what it means to be a citizen of his kingdom, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Uh, And these words that Jesus taught on this mountainside 2,000 years ago were not just relevant for his first followers then, but they're relevant for everyone who would call themselves a Christian, a follower of Jesus through all time. So if you are a Christian here today, a follower of Jesus, these words are for you and for me. And the challenge is with Jesus, as you sometimes will find with his words, he's quite straight down the line. You can't really sit on the fence when it comes to Jesus. You're kind of all in or you're all out. There's kind of not a middle ground. And We'll see that as we look at these verses today. I'm going to be reading from verse 19. Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Wow. Lord Jesus, let me just pray a moment. Lord Jesus, I just ask in these moments that you'd help us to hear your words to us. Your word is powerful, it's living, it's active. Lord, what a horrible thought that we might come and just hear some information today and walk away unchanged. Lord, we pray that your word would bear fruit in our lives. Help me, Lord, as I communicate I'm so reliant on the Holy Spirit in this moment. Help me, Lord. Help us to listen to your words carefully, Jesus. 
that we may know more fully what it means to know you and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in these words, Jesus is challenging us to think carefully about our treasure. The things we have, the things that we place our value in, our money, our possessions, but not just money and possessions, our time, our resources. What will we do with them? How will we use them? How will we invest them? And Jesus wants us to have a long-term view. He doesn't want us to be obsessed with the here and the now. He wants us to think about eternity and how a knowledge of eternity might impact the choices that we have today. And there are two options, he says. One is, don't ever say I'm not an artist. Earth, one is heaven. So in which one of these two options are you going to choose to store up your treasure, your resources, the things that I've given you? Where are you going to store them up? Are you going to store them up on earth now, the here and now, the everyday realities that we know? Or are you going to store them up in heaven, eternity, the eternal realm? And I'm going to spend some time this morning thinking about what Jesus meant. And he's absolutely clear in these verses. You might have seen it. There's no room for misunderstanding with Jesus. You cannot serve two different masters at the same time. You can't serve God and money. You can't be devoted to two things. You've got to make a decision. Are you living for God or are you living for something else? Are you living for your treasure or are you living for him? Which one? You can't do both at the same time. One will always suffer. Now, just a couple of just opening things. Just to say, nowhere in the Bible does it say that money is wrong. Nowhere. Okay, Jesus doesn't say money is wrong. He doesn't say that. The Bible does say that the love of money is wrong. Now, they're different things. Money is necessary. We need to pay bills, right? We um, need to buy food. We need to pay taxes. Bible commends good financial planning. It's all good. Good stewardship of what we have is commended. We're not meant to be reckless with money. Money is necessary. So money is just part and parcel of life. It's not wrong in and of itself. Where it becomes challenging is where we place too much value in it, where we begin to love it, desire it, hope for it, want it too much. Money is a challenge and a pressure, especially when there's not enough of it. And we also know how challenging it can be when we put too much hope into money. There is never enough of it when we put our hope in it. The Bible warns us against a love of money. It warns us against a selfish accumulation of money beyond what we need. So Jesus says, be careful that money does not become the thing that you worship. You can't serve two masters. The desire for more and more stuff, the desire to accumulate money and wealth, which is kind of the culture that we live in, materialism, it's kind of everything's driven by that, can become pretty all-consuming. Money and possessions can so easily become more important than they should. Become like the driving factor behind what we do, what we do. The motivation for life is money. And Jesus says, you know, when money becomes like that, you're going to struggle to serve God as well because you can't serve two masters. Can't serve God and money. But here's the thing. Jesus isn't against treasure. Some people think that. He's so spiritual, Jesus isn't interested in things like that. No, it's not what the Bible says. Jesus isn't against treasure. He just wants us to think really carefully what we do with it and the things that he gives us and trusts us to. 
Maybe think about it this way. Some of you may have heard of this, of this term. Some of you may have used um, this person, an IFA, an independent financial advisor. Anyone heard of that term? I'm sure many people have. Oh, no, we have IFAs here in the room today. So sometimes maybe you've been in a situation, I recognize not everyone will have, but you've been in a situation where you've needed some advice about where you're going to invest a little bit of money that you have, and you're thinking, I'm not quite sure what the best thing is to do with it, what's most secure, where am I going to get most yields, most benefit, most growth, and so you go to an independent financial advisor for help. Help me know where the best place is to invest these funds. Here in Matthew 6, we see that Jesus is the ultimate independent financial advisor. He's not against us investing He just wants us to think really carefully about where we are going to invest what we have. And in these verses, Jesus says, don't store it all up here. That's a bad investment. Imagine him as a financial advisor giving you advice. That's a bad investment. You have two choices. You can store up your treasures on the here and now. Think about just the accumulation of stuff for today. Can I get more? Can I enjoy more with my time, with my money, with my resources? It's all about my three score years and 10. That's 70 years for those that don't know that language. It's all about the here and the now. Or maybe we have a bigger view. So here's, here's my treasure. Here's, here's my 10 pounds. Represents my wealth, my resource, things that I have, my time. And Jesus is wanting me to think about this £10. Where am I going to invest this? Now, I could put it in here. And obviously, there are some things in here that I need to invest in. There is taxes to pay. Jesus said you've got to pay your taxes, right? He said that's the appropriate thing to do. There's bills, rents, mortgages. There's bills. But he's not talking about that. He's talking about the stuff that's beyond that, the stuff that like, we put our hope in and value in and treasure. It's like, am I going to put it all in here? Or am I going to actually think differently and have a bit more long-term view about my investment? Am I going to put it in here, in eternity, thinking through how the choices I make today with what I have has a long-term eternal impact? Where? Will I invest my treasure? Don't store up for yourselves, he says, treasures on earth. One commentator said that Jesus speaks about these things with embarrassing directness. Seeks to show with embarrassing directness what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. He says, don't store up for yourself treasure here. That's a bad investment. If you knew you had 10 quid and someone said, yeah, if you went and invested it in this bank over here, you know what I mean, you'd never see it again. It would be destroyed and it would lose value and you'd never ever see it. You'd think, well, I'm not going to invest it there, am I? And Jesus said, that's like storing up things on earth. It's a bad investment. Don't do that, he says. There's no kind of middle of the road here. But, he says, do store up yourself treasure here. This is a good investment. It will come back to you. There'll be a yield. It will be fruitful. Think about the eternal investment of what you do with your stuff. Why is it a bad investment? But he just says it's a bad investment because it has no long-term benefit. Because this earth is temporary and it's fragile and it's not a good place to store your treasure. It's like putting your money in a fund that you know is going to crash and you're going to lose everything. That's how fragile it is, investing in stuff on earth. If you knew your money would be destroyed in a fund, you'd never put it in there. Jesus says, don't invest your treasure where moths and vermin destroy. In the time of Jesus, a lot of treasure was physical stuff that you held on to. So your grain store was a sign of your treasure. 
He's saying, if you put all your hope in your grain store and then rats come in and eat it all, what have you got? Moths and vermin will destroy it. Cars will rust. Clothes will wear out. New iPhones become old iPhones. Floods destroy. Investments plummet. Governments seize goods. There's little of lasting value here on earth. It's little. It's fragile, temporary, bad investment. Don't put it there. He uses this example of things destroyed by moths and vermin. You know, I had this very thing that happened to me. I had a rat in my shed. I had a rat. And every time I'd go out, it had eaten something else in my shed. Do you know, it destroyed one of my pairs of Converse. I ate through the whole thing. Went out another day, it had eaten through a tent. Seriously, went right through. Outer lining, inner lining. Another day, went out, eaten through a tennis racket cover. I mean... Bad digestion. I mean, the plastic, can you imagine? A blanket went through. Every time I went out, something else in my shed was destroyed. That rat. I went out once, and I saw it. I went out late at night to get something, and it was there, and it just stared at me. And we had this moment, and I'm like, I'm going to get you. Rat. And I swear, it grinned at me and ran off. It was like, Dominique will say, I became slightly obsessed. Spending evenings in my shed in the dark. I'm going to get that rat. I got the rats. Sorry, I know animal rights here, sorry. Let's just have some group therapy right here. Um, but the rat destroyed stuff that is in my shed. My treasure that was stored up wasn't much good because there's a rat there. Jesus is saying that's like everything we invest on earth. It just goes like that. There's no lasting value at all. He uses that illustration to help us understand that the investment on earth is temporary. Or, he says, thieves will just steal it. Whether someone's just going to walk into your shed and nick it, or whether the structures that we have in our world that we put our hope in are actually more fragile than we think we are, and then there's an economic crash and we lose our pension funds, thieves will steal what we have. It's no lasting value. It's temporary. Now, of course, we need basic items for survival. Jesus knows that. Food, shelter, clothes. What Jesus is speaking about is the unnecessary accumulation of things that we put our hope in. In Luke 12, he said this, watch out. Watch out. Listen to Jesus' words. Watch out. Be careful. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed because life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. But I'm telling you what, Every time you turn on your TV, you're told that it does. And Jesus is saying, watch out. Life is not found there. Be on your guard. Life is not defined by how much stuff you have. So Jesus is saying, when you think about your stuff, your time, your resources, your treasure, your money, don't just think about what, what you're going to get from it on earth. Instead, he says, this is a good investment. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Where moth and vermin don't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. This is a good investment. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. He says there's an alternative. You can invest what you have now, your time, your resources, your money, your gifts. You can invest it in such a way that it has a long-term yield for all of eternity. And it's permanent. No one's going to take that away. There's a, an impact that you can have with an eternal mindset. What you invest in the kingdom of God, lasts forever. And there'll be a yield, there'll be a return on it. No rat will eat it. 
And we've got this opportunity, you see, in life today as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to think through, am I storing up for myself treasure on earth, or am I storing up for myself treasure in heaven? There are things that we can give our time to that will have an eternal impact. Things that we give our money to that will have an eternal impact. That nothing and no one can destroy. What, what kind of things? Well, it's anything we do with our resources as seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else will be added. So that's why we invest in the local church, because there will be an eternal reward, because it's his kingdom, and kingdom lasts forever, and there'll be people in heaven with us who are there because we invested in the local church. An eternal reward. I heard someone say recently that the only thing from this life that will find its place in eternity is Jesus' church, so it's the best things to invest in. Just think about that. The only thing that will find itself in eternity from this life is his church. So we give ourselves to serve in this kingdom. We pour our energies and talents and resources and time into kingdom work because there's an eternal investment and reward. And guys, I'm not making this up, okay? This is what the book says. This is what Jesus says. These aren't my words. They're his words. And more than that, Jesus says, it's not just that there's an eternal yield or reward. He says, where your treasure is, there is also your heart. So what we do with our stuff and what we do with our time actually tells us what we functionally worship. What's really going on in our hearts. He says, if we all spend all of our time thinking about today and what I'm going to get out of it and, and my experiences and my wealth and my accumulation and my leisure and everything else, then actually, if all the treasures go in there, then it says that your heart is really here. But if actually I'm thinking about how my choices today, my life, my, my money, my resources are having an eternity, eternal impact, he's saying, well, that will be a sign that your heart is set on eternity and not earthbound. Because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also, it's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Where do we fix our eyes? The here and now or the big picture? This world is just so temporary, Jesus says. But life in God, his kingdom, heaven, it's eternal. So don't live your life just thinking about the here and now. Think about what's to come. That's the best investment, Jesus says, that you can make with your treasure, is to think eternal thoughts with it. How is this thing that I have going to bear fruit for all of eternity? Maybe um, we can think about it in this way. Darren, would you kindly pick up the end of this rope? Is that okay? And Andy, would you kindly pick up the end of this rope here? So I have um, a rope here. Um, Red rope, no reason it's red, it's just a rope. But it represents a timeline, okay? You might have seen this illustration before. This is time, okay? And going back here towards Darren, there's history. So we go back to the glories of 1966 and England winning the World Cup. And then we go back to the horrors of two world wars. And we go back to the Victorian era and the Reformation and the Battle of Hastings, back to Jesus and then back to the Egyptians and right back to creation where we read in Genesis 1, in the beginning was God. And then beyond that, we go even further because in the beginning was God, right? So God has always been. So this line actually goes way beyond Darren, but thank you, Darren, for being there. goes right back into eternity past. And this line here goes right into eternity future. Okay, this is glory 
in a new heaven and a new earth with Jesus when he makes all things new and there's no more pain and there's no more sadness or sickness or mourning or death and it's a new heaven and a new earth those who know Christ ruling and reigning with him in glory for all of eternity not just to Andy but as far as that rope will go because it goes on and on and on and on okay so this is time you get in the picture yeah this white bit is your life this white bit here Jesus is saying please whatever you do don't make all your decisions governed by just this little bit here it's what we tend to do we just think about this bit here. Got to invest everything in this bit here. Plan everything. for this. And what we tend to do is this. We plan everything for this tiny little bit at the end of this bit here. When I retire, oh, then I can play golf. So we put all of our investment, all of our funds, all of our hope into the, one day we're going to be able to travel a bit more and I'm going to have a bit more time in the garden. And we put all our hope in this and Jesus says, how foolish. Put your hope in all of this. Forever, with me, in eternity. Don't spend your life just obsessed by this little bit here. Have an eternal impact, a, a worldview. Have an eternal thought process about what life is. If you're, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, can I just say life is more than just this bit here? Jesus is offering us life with him forever. A new heaven, a new earth, redeemed with him. It's the hope of the Bible. We live here for him, and our new life begins here, but it's really about this. Thank you, guys. Darren, thank you very much. Andy, thank you very much. Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. It's so temporary, so fragile, so short. Think about your eternal investment of your time, your resources, your treasure Everyone's living for just the little bit they can get now. Listen to what Paul says to his friend Timothy. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Paul's talking about what we do with our money. He says the same as Jesus. What we do with it here impacts all of eternity. Be generous with what you have. Be willing to share it, because in this way, you will lay up for yourself treasure in the coming age, and that is life in all of its fullness. Somehow, what we do with our wealth Today, our resources, our time impacts eternity somehow. Martin Lloyd-Jones says this, if you have been blessed with riches, use them in such a way in this world that you'll be building up a balance for the next. Great quote. So Jesus is not against investment. He wants us to think carefully about investment, about where we invest our stuff. He just wants us to invest it in a place that has a long-term yield and reward. I don't know if anyone of you knows this um, person here. This is Jim Elliott. Um, I don't know if we've got a picture of Jim Elliott. I don't know if you know his story. Jim Elliott, as a child, dreamed of being a missionary. He wanted to tell unreached people groups about Jesus. So all he ever wanted to do as a kid, he used to read stories about missionaries. And on January the 2nd, 1956, 29-year-old Jim Elliott got on a short flight that he'd been waiting for for years over the Ecuador jungle. 
three years of preparation, um, doing ministry in a jungle setting, many, many hours of prayer and planning and preparation had gone into this. And he and four other young men, missionaries, would be setting up camp in the territory of an unreached, remote and dangerous tribe called the Alcas. The Alcas had killed every outsider every, ever caught in that area. And he knew it was dangerous, but he had no doubt that God had called him to serve the Alcas. After months of preparatory work, trying to establish contact with the Alka tribe, um, Jim and his fellow missionaries felt the time had come to meet them face to face. So they landed, a plane dropped them off in a bay to get onto the beach. And having um, kind of made an initial recce visit, they went now to meet with the Alkas. Within seconds, all five of them had been killed by the Alkas. Within seconds. People might say, how foolish. They knew the Alkas were dangerous. He's 29 years old, he was married, lost everything. But listen to what Jim Elliott once said before his death. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He's no fool. An amazing quote. He's no fool who gives away the stuff that he knows he can't keep because it's temporary, it's just of this earth. Gives it away, time, resources, money. Gives that stuff away in order to gain that that will never be lost. Eternal reward. No fool to do that. To give away stuff that will get corrupted and ruined and faded and loses its value in order to gain eternity with Christ. Eternal reward and knowledge of him. What Jim Elliot gained in eternity... He gained because he lived a life that sought first the kingdom of God. What's amazing about this whole story is that in less than two years, his um, wife, Elizabeth Elliot, and um, their child, and another lady who lost her husband, said, we're going to go back to the Alcas. And this time, the Alcas received them, and many turned their lives to Christ. And there's missionaries still living amongst the Alca people. But it took Jim Elliot to lose something in order for there to be an eternal reward that was gained. Don't store up for yourself treasure on earth, Jesus says. Store up for yourself treasure in heaven. Now, I recognize these are challenging words in any moment, right? Jesus, um, right down the line, and especially in the current economic climate, challenging words, inflation, interest rates, fuel costs, Difficult to think long-term right now. I find it challenging. Um, just ask Dominique about my obsession with my smart reader. Um, I've become quite obsessed by the cost of gas and electricity over the winter. Um, I haven't been thinking much about eternity when I'm logging on again to check how much electricity I used yesterday. Um, my wife has so much grace and patience. There are challenges there are challenges. These are challenges in words in the economic climate that we're in. And I do want to say this. Um, if you're in financial need here today, we don't want to put more financial pressure on anyone. We want to help. We have King's Money Advice here. We have a team that want to help people in financial difficulty. I just want to say that so clearly. That is our heart. Um, but this is where this message kind of ties in with what Tim was saying earlier and what we'll say again in a little while. So we as a church, we're working on our budget and our plans at the moment for the next year. And um, as Tim said, we're asking you to consider doing something which 
Um, we haven't done like this before. There's something similar we did a number of years ago when we actually did this building project. We asked people to make a pledge of what they thought they could give in regular giving to see if we could afford to run this place. And it was an amazing moment. The church responded and um, we were able to do this building. But we haven't done it that way before to ask you to make a financial pledge. But we're in an unusual, challenging time as a church. Now, I say that not to bring fear because I trust in my God who is provider, that he will provide all that we need. I'm not just saying that. I trust in God. We've just sung that song, I trust in God. But there are some real financial impacts that have an impact on us at the moment, which is why we're asking for you guys to say, yeah, this is what we can do, just to help with our financial planning. I'll give you a couple of examples. We have a mortgage on this building, and it's not on a fixed rate. Okay, So every time interest rate goes up, our expenditure's going up significantly at the moment with that. Just an example of some of the pressure. Another pressure, electricity bills on this building. Okay, Paul kindly gave me um, some of the figures. So December 2021, our electricity bill in this building was £2,000. December 2022, just a year later, our electricity bill was £3,800, an increase of £1,800 for the month. What's important to know is that that came that bill with a government subsidy of over £3,000 that month. So our actual costs had gone up for the month by £5,000 for electricity on this building. So, hey, that's a faith challenge, isn't it? I, do I trust in God? I trust in God. I'm not saying these things to freak anyone out. I'm saying these things because it's good for us to know what the realities are at the moment of some of the challenges that we're living in. Another thing just to let you know is that this year... After 18 years of running our finances full-time, pretty much, with no salary, Paul Wright is stepping back from that role. And um, we will find another moment to honour and thank Paul, even though he doesn't want us to. <laughs> Where is he? He's here somewhere. I've seen him. Um, and honour and thank Paul we must, because I'll tell you what, he has served this church. He has poured his treasure in heaven for 18 years by giving his time. But, yeah, you know I mean, we're this complex organization, trading companies and VAT registration and landlords and everything else. So we need to recruit someone this year to do what Paul has been doing. That's another, you know, faith goal for us, challenge for us. So I'm saying these things because I want you to let you know that, yeah, there's some challenges for us in terms of our budget for the next year. So we're asking you to think through what might my commitment be this year to help us with our financial planning? And like I said, if you're on financial needs, we don't want your money, we want to help. We want to help. And there's a team here that will do that. So let me try and summarise what I'm trying to be saying, what I've been saying before I hand back to Tim. Jesus wants us to live with a bigger view of eternity and how that impacts the choices we make. And he wants us to think carefully about how we invest our time and our resources and our gifts and our money. And every hour we give in the kingdom of God will bear eternal fruit. Every 10 pounds we're able to give, there'll be an eternal reward. And also it speaks of where our treasure is. And so we're asking people to review. This is actually a really good thing. Like Tim said, it can be so easy for giving to church just to become like another bill that isn't fueled with faith and prayer. Dominique and I, because of this week, we reviewed what we give to kings and we're thinking, okay, God, what do you want us to give in this season? And it's a helpful thing to do. 
Maybe you, you're part of this church, you'd say Kings is your home, but you've never started that journey of giving. Can I just encourage you to pray about that? Think, is there something I can do? Is there a contribution I can make? Maybe you haven't reviewed your giving for a long time, and this is the moment. Say, so, Lord, what do you want us to do in this season? To think carefully about how we invest our time, but not just money, time as well. Do you know what? We've mentioned this before. There are so many things going on. Tim mentioned a load of them in church life. Just incredible stories. Even this week, I can't really talk about them publicly, but some of the things that's been going on this week has just been so wonderful in terms of caring for people, caring for families, supporting individuals in the church. Tim mentioned the youth work that's going on. So many things, and probably every area. I would have thought, I'm looking at Tim, if there was more people, we'd say, yes, please, come and help King's Kids build a future for their eternity. Come and help with production. Come and help with so many areas where actually, if you give it an hour a week or an hour a month, let us know. There's a way you can do that on the form. Jesus says, don't just store up things on earth. Don't just think about here. Think about the long picture. Have an eternal view. John Wesley once said this, I value all things only by the price they shall gain in eternity. Wow. So we have an opportunity to invest. And here's the thing, I'm persuaded by this. God has put all his eggs in one basket, and that is the local church. It says in Ephesians 3 that it now, at this point in history, God's wisdom, God's plan is to make known his wisdom to the world and to the heavenly realms through the church. It's the best thing to invest in because God has put all his eggs in this basket. Jesus gave himself for the church. Knowing one day it would mean a tribe of a, a crowd of people that no man can count from every tribe, tongue, and nation, worshiping together in a redeemed heaven and in redeemed earth. He gave himself for that vision. When he endured the cross, the joy set before him was the vision of that, of his church with him for eternity. And so I'm inviting us to pray, to think, to reflect, to think through, okay, what does this look like? And maybe you've never started that journey of serving or giving. Maybe there's a moment and say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to play my part in this. Let me pray, and then I'm going to hand back to Tim. Is that okay, Tim? Just, um, I've talked for a long time. I'm going to just allow a minute for you to simply pray, Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to do? Lord Jesus, we bring you what we have. We recognize the Bible is clear. Everything that we have, we only have because of your gracious hand and your kindness. It's all a gift of God. 
And so often, Lord, it doesn't feel like we've got much. feel like that guy in the story with some loaves and fishes wondering, what on earth can this do? <laughs> crowd of 5,000 here. What on earth can some loaves and fishes do? And yet, Jesus, you take what we have and you use it for your glory in ways that we can never dream or ask or imagine. And so, Lord, I just in these moments as a church, Lord God, we want, we want to bring to you what we have, whatever that is. Lord, I thank you that you've saved us, Lord, for eternity. Thank you that our new life in Christ is not just for now, for these years, but actually you've called us into something that will last forever. Lord, as we see the brokenness of this world, Lord, as we see the pain and the torment, Lord God, our heart longs for that day when you will return and there's a new heaven and a new earth and no more sickness and no pain, no natural disasters, no mourning, Lord God, when you make all things new. Lord God, our heart longs for it, Lord. We, we want our hearts to be set on eternity. We don't want to be so earthbound that all we think about is the here and now. We want, Lord God, to have our hearts set on eternity, Lord. So saved us to enter into this new life that starts now and goes on into life forevermore with you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to live with an eternal perspective. Help us to think with an eternal perspective. Help us to act with an eternal perspective. Help me, Lord, in these things, I pray. Lord, we just want to declare together, we trust you. We trust you. I'm so grateful, Lord God, that as I'm in this world, I look around and see there is a hope beyond this world in Christ that we're part of. I'm so grateful for that. Help our individual responses, Lord, I pray. We want to honor you with all that we have in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church, Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.